everybody, welcome to the third episode of Out in the Crowd, brought to you by uh, a, a litany of things. The Beautiful Game Network, a podcast, uh, the USL show, Playing for Pride, um, I guess Views from the Bridge, unofficially, officially, now? Sure. Uh, I'm your host, Evan Valella, joined by my friend and yours, as I think I called you on the, on the intro that I tweeted out earlier. Uh, you might have heard him on FPL 360. You might have heard him on Roto World Premier League. Uh, he is apparently the self-proclaimed beer aficionado of Views from the Bridge. Uh, it's, it's Chuck Booth. Hello. <laughs> I'm still not still not good at actually uh, coming in after those intros. We're man, we're really got to work on this for you because it's not like this this doesn't happen. Were we were we told? All right. I mean. You know, I guess you can't make someone do something, so that's that's cool. That's actually a fitting... I mean, uh, at the end of the anyway. day, there are worse things yeah. than me just always being behind on our, my intro. You always like punting podcast intros? It's true, yeah. There's there's definitely worse things to be. Um, yeah, so uh, third part of what I imagine will end up being a four-part series? Yeah. Technically, maybe five. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to say four, and then It'll surprise if there's a fifth. It's a series that has numbers attached to it, and they will end at some point this year. Um, yeah, so, Chuck, way it goes, we talk about soccer, we talk about being gay, uh, and then we talk about how those two things intertwine. So, I know you're really bad at podcast intros. Are you any better at podcast topics and picking them? Um, I mean, the good news is you only have two options. So this really is is basically a coin flip, you know, whatever, which whichever one you want to get into first. Friend, it does not matter to me. Gosh, you just put keep putting the ball in my court. Um, uh huh. I guess might as well well start off um, with the soccer being a gay sport. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Third one. It is really inherent. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, let's do the, the thing that most people are going to know you for. Mm, yeah. Yeah, probably, right? The soccer thing. Um, and and I guess a little bit of a background. You are, in fact, uh, as evidenced by the nine different things that I rattled off in your intro... Uh, a fellow, I I mean, do you call yourself a media member? Like, um, what is your soccer title? <laughs> I used I, it's weird because before moving back to Baltimore, I was more of a quote unquote media member than I am now, due to the mm. fact that I was credentialed by the union. I guess theoretically, right. since I am still plying my trade in soccer broadcast media, that. By osmosis, I am a media member, but I'm kind of more just a guy with a computer that happens to do things involving soccer. Mm, that's what we should all strive to be. You know, I think if we stop giving ourselves this huge label and give ourselves an ironically longer-winded but less important label... It's a lot more fun that way. We'll be set. It is, it is. So, like, how did that all kick off for you or like were you um 
I mean, I imagine you were a soccer fan prior to becoming a media member. I was, um, and actually, soccer was one of the last sports that I started writing about because it was actually college basketball and um, writing for the LaSalle Athletics website that um, kind of got me into sports journalism in the first place. Mm. And and so was it was it LaSalle then that was just like, yeah, we need someone to cover soccer? Um, like, All right. No, I, I just always enjoyed soccer, um, and through e- emailing around, ended up with Chris Winkler, basically taking mm-hmm. a chance on bringing some unknown guy who happened to work for a blog into the union press room, and then I kind of just never left until I left Philly. Right on, right on. What a guy. What, what a guy. Atlanta United's Chris Winkler. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, was it hard for you to find a niche? Was it easy for you to find a niche where people, like, I, I don't know. Like, what was that kind of experience? And, and, I mean, you've carved out kind of like a fantasy Premier League, but also just kind of American soccer um in general sort of yeah i'd say i definitely have come to a point where i'm probably writing about the niches the nichest of niche things that i probably Mm -hmm. could be Mm -hmm. doing in soccer um fantasy esports oh you said because i got because like i because i got involved with writing about fantasy soccer literally just through Mm -hmm finding a fantasy soccer app emailing the owner of said app and it's amazing writing for his website unfortunately for free but he was fully aware of the fact that he could not actually pay writers and like still because of the fact that he wasn't able to pay me a real paycheck still sends me beer and whatnot um to this day so it's like that that is one one nice thing is that there are some editors when you write for them for free that do fully understand what it's like to not be able to be paid and do what they can and there's others Mm -hmm. who just don't give a shit um and then the other thing that i mainly focus on is obviously the philadelphia union which of mls teams is a not the one that's uh, bringing a billboard of numbers for people to come look at. No, no, not uh, especially not in years past. It's getting better. Um, it is getting better. It's gradually getting better, which is always exciting. But we have a whole other show where we talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I, then where did the i guess we'll do the intersect part like are you did you was there like a conscious point in in your life where you're like man i'm just tired of like not being gay around these people um or like where's the level like what was the level of openness that you had or have or whatever with the union when you were you were there i guess is the is the first question 
I mean, actually, actually, physically being in the press box, there wasn't, there really wasn't much of a major level of openness just because there weren't many people in the box that I talked to about my personal life. And mm. I generally had the distinction of also being the only black person in the press box. Right. Uh, right. So that's just kind of even more of a reason to um, not really toe the line that much. Um, right. Right. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of those weird things where you you kind of go in and just with the fact that there is theoretically press box etiquette in the first place, you mm. tend to stray away from taboo topics. Right, right. Yeah, well, and it's it's funny and like like you're saying like that crowd is very much like nothing against them this is like sports media as a whole is this way but it's like middle-aged white dudes and it's like i just it's not yeah like i'm not gonna <laughs> hang out with you in person like outside of here like and, it's not relevant and, and um, it's one of the most it's one of the most interesting differences to me for the people who are fans of the sport versus the mm. people physically covering that sport because there yes. couldn't be a larger disconnect between the two well and that's even funny like from a league to league standpoint where it's like mls like i know no one in the press box or or team or whatever is, is gonna care uh on a like i don't know on like a deep level if that makes sense. Like, you're not going to, like, bump into another, like, MLS beat writer or something in another stadium, and they're going to be like, oh, like, you know, it's cool that you're gay or whatever. Like, it's just not going to come up. But, like, in USL or whatever, like, I'm very much, like, unapologetically, like, hi, I'm I'm not literally, like, hi, I'm the gay one, but it's <laughs> like, I, you know, it's like my boyfriend probably just, you know, talked shit to one of the guys before he came back to me, so it'll come up like <laughs> i don't know it's just it's it's a lot like less tighter run of a of a league or at least it was yeah um, and, i mean or it's and, trying not to be and that's a, a big thing with yeah. just lower division anything like there's so much right. less pressure like even yeah. even doing things in college basketball it was just a lot looser even though there yeah. is still like a large amount of money floating around in it Mm-hmm. well that and it's like it's a lot looser and also like i feel like for a lot of the like smaller market usl teams or or like d2 or d3 college basketball teams like there's a real chance that you could be like one of two or three people there yeah i mean they they really <laughs> have to work to keep you happy and like at that point it's it's all like all right well we got to do this part for formality's sake but you know stuff like that where um, which ironically makes some of the best uh, the best audio clips, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, did have you always kind of kept to yourself? Then has that always been sort of like, are you a more reserved person as a whole? Um, until until I get to know someone, for yeah, 
Um, okay. Obviously, you get to see a completely different side of me than most due sure. to the fact that um, we're forced to talk to one another for multiple um, for multiple hours a week, which is oh, more yeah, than I too. talk to most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, like, even... So, like, even growing up and things, like, it was it was it was it difficult for you to to sort of come to terms with your sexuality? Like, how did um, all of that sort of so, start? I'm just gonna go straight for the jugular, baby. To come to terms with it, it yeah. was wasn't particularly that that difficult. Okay. To, I guess, um, share it with the public. Um, it was a lot more difficult. And that's mostly thanks to going to a Catholic all-boys high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, nothing spells oppression like that. Yeah. No, that's, that's a lot. Um, so, I mean, when did you... Was it was it a was it a gradual kind of let me put some feelers out to people thing and then it went from there like did you just kind of like hey I'm gonna put this on ice till I'm in college um, and just have at so it I basically I basically told my close friends around like sophomore year or so of high school and then somewhere during junior year I just kind of said like screw it like it's not really worth hiding this anymore and it's honestly Mm -hmm. more more trouble than it's worth for me to continue hiding this Mm. right on um yeah and and i mean that's a lot of pressure in and of itself like i i had a little bit of that as well um Was was there was there a turning point between like sophomore and junior year? Like was there like a certain obviously like you don't have to be like it was this and this happened. It um, was terrible. I, I but like was there a was there a I point? can't really like pinpoint a necessary turning point outside right. of just more personal pent up frustration than anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, there probably was yeah. one, but I've probably also done as well as possible to completely put Just that not. in the background of my memory yeah. and not think about it. <laughs> right on. So you, you get to that point, and then I guess, you know, like, your senior year and then going into college and things. Like, was there a lot of just kind of, like, weight off your shoulders, and then you're a little more comfortable? And then, like, how did that sort of um, go after the fact? Yes and no, because while, like, having done it once, it was nice to, like, I've had the experience that I've done it. Um, College is just constantly coming out over and over again. (laughs) Like, especially since I'm not someone who'll, like, outwardly present as oh right that guy's gay just be solely just due to the fact that oh he watches a lot of sports and stuff so he doesn't embody all the stereotypes that we look for right right um 
So like literally, so we're both we're both very butch. Yes, and like literally, that leads to needing to come out so many times during your lifetime yeah, yeah. that it that like I would rather just walk around and wear a sticker nowadays. Like, hi, I'm gay. <laughs> Do you, um, did you, did, did you get a lot of people being like, wait, are you really gay? And then you're just like, well, what do you want me to... I, I have, I have gotten that before. Um, <laughs> and like, literally even like telling, um, one of, um, one of my roommates, it was really funny because he thought that like, I had this, um, crush on a girl that I used to run with in college. I'm like, no. Not how this works. Right. You're like, I'll bring some dude back here at some point, just so you know. Thanks. Um, yeah, that one's always funny to me, because I'm like, what? Like, how can I possibly prove that to you? Like, <laughs> without getting really just inappropriate. Uh, you um, can't. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's like, I, you know... Listen, for both of our sakes, let's just let's just agree that, that I am gay and, and that'll be fine. Uh, is there any overlap for you with with like finding some sort of community in soccer? And I guess it doesn't have to be just with like being gay, but like, is there any kind of I found you know like a, a nice kind of solace or a decent community in soccer and things like that? I mean, I would I would definitely say that. I have met like far like I try I don't know the proper word to describe it, but I have met just just in general a far more accepting crowd um, through soccer than anything. Mm-hmm. Just because of just because you have like so much um, just globalness to it that yeah. The, per- the perceptions well, I, about different things with people who follow soccer are usually just a lot more a lot broader than your average solely American sport and it goes back to your whole thing about like yeah the audience for soccer is really diverse here but it's still like all things considered pretty tiny yeah like i'll still go out and like to a restaurant and if you see someone else with like a it doesn't really matter what team it is kit you're like hey like you're you're, you're hey, a soccer yeah. fan that's cool no it's literally like, like hey you're wearing this kit that i recognize we're friends now yeah yeah literally um but you know so it's one of those things and and the last episode i had ebony on she kind of talked about it where it's like oh um you like soccer that's cool do you want a beer like it's it's very much like and not in a bad way but it's very we don't really care like that doesn't define you as a person yeah the the first yeah the first thing's not gonna be like profiling will i actually get along with this person because just having that common thread of soccer has more Mm. than enough that comes with it which is crazy to me like it still really freaks me out that there's like this many people in the country or whatever that i know just because of a stupid round ball that's really hard oh yeah it's it's honestly it's something that i don't ever think um that i'll fully get used to um just due to the fact that like literally 
I, um, especially doing things with fantasy soccer, I've mm. met people like across the world, even right. if most are just via social media, which is, which could almost be an entire different podcast to, um, yeah. by itself. Um, yeah. I, it's just so many people. It is, it is really bizarre. Um, and re- like, and it's one of those things where I always hate being like, oh yeah, you know, like I'll never, I'll never grasp it because I feel like some people, or even like myself, like I'm always like, is it gonna come off? Like I don't appreciate it because like it's definitely not what I'm going for. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you literally probably know a person in each state that's like listened to one of your podcasts or like there's people that have like gotten in the soccer because of you and like that's really creepy not creepy that's a bad word for it but like it's just really no one ever like goes into their life or like when they start something like that and they're never i mean correct me if i'm wrong i guess if you were like yeah i'm gonna start writing about fantasy soccer and people are gonna be like you're amazing like, yeah that, that that's not how like, these decisions are made right right we're not like uh i want to do this because people around the country are going to be like oh uh thanks for like giving me a slice of an hour where I don't have to think about whatever's going on in my life or, or whatever. Um, but it's weird because like, I'm sure you and I both have like grown up with social media and with other podcasts and things where like, we've had like outlets to escape through the internet. Yeah, I, I would def- and, definitely agree with that. And like now we're doing that for other people, which is mental. Yeah, like... <laughs> like, that's the really crazy thing for me. Yeah, it's literally insane. <laughs> like, I don't... I really don't so, think words can properly um, describe it, honestly. No, I think that's one of those, like, you have to kind of grow up with it and, and have gone through it and be on this side of it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is such a rare thing to be able to do, I guess, in, in a way, um, to, like, really understand that. But it is really cool just to be able to, like, do this, where it's like, oh, a professional soccer player asks you to have a bunch of gay people on and just talk about your experiences and hope that other people, like, <laughs> benefit from it. And I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> sure. And is is like the internet was obviously I'm assuming how you found a lot of your voice in the soccer world. Mhm. Yeah, it it has been. Did that translate over to you personally as well or was that sort of just like is there is there a Twitter chuck booth and then like IRL chuck booth or is there some gray area like what's the cutoff as far as you as a internet personality in air quotes compared to you know you just kind of like on the street um so there used to be more of a disconnect between the two when Mm -hmm. i thought that twitter had to be an entirely professional platform where if you didn't um like that if you shared things that people didn't necessarily agree with you on that they wouldn't like read your stuff and Mm. that's a lot of work and it's also not worth it and it doesn't lead to 
people that I realistically want following me to be following me. So I kind of just threw that out the window. Um, and now it's basically, it's my Twitter is most things that I think within reason, like there's obviously things that I still wouldn't put on Twitter. Like I'm not just going to put full on porn on there. Um, right. But I'm not going to be like, eh, I feel like this toes the line. Maybe I shouldn't tweet it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And, and like, there's some times where I'm like, oh, man, this is this is a really inside baseball gay tweet. But, like, whatever, I'll make it. Which is basically just any time I tweet anything, like, drag race related. Really, I'm just like, eh, all right. Oh yeah, uh, there's de- there's definitely points when I when I tweet things and it's like, yeah, um, most of the people that I'm following either a aren't gonna understand what I'm <laughs> tweeting or b, um, they won't care about what I'm tweeting about. But mm-hmm. then it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And also, this this is kind of a difference in being more established in doing things about soccer as well because people at least to an extent already know what they're getting into Mm. yeah so what can soccer do to make a bigger imprint or to I don't know show better to the LGBTQ plus community then, in your opinion? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, I know, it's my favorite. I mean, the... The whole, like... What what was it this year? Is it, like, basically that you can play soccer for all thing? Like, essentially whitewashing pride. Black shirt, white text... Um, like that, that's not the way that you should be making people feel accepted into it. It's like, I, I get the concept and they're like, yeah, let's basically hit everything all at once. But that also means that you're not really hitting anything. Yeah. Um, and like... I don't, it's because, like, I don't know exactly how to fix it properly, per se. Like, while, yes, everyone should have a proper Pride Night that literally stands for just everything that Pride Night is supposed to encompass... I also don't particularly support organizations backing pride because that's generally more of a financial decision than it is an actual, we care about your rights and whatnot. Right, right. Um, So it more has to be things like getting down and (laughs) doing the dirty work, like showing that... Like, on Pride Night, this is where, like, 
a certain percentage of ticket sales are going and like physically donating stuff um like it has to be more concrete gains than Mm. lip service right concrete gains like not having your team uh advertise chick-fil-a and gay pride at the same time maybe Uh, yeah that was some very that was some very awful stuff coming from the league as a whole yeah yeah it'll be interesting um i don't i don't know we'll see yeah because it feels like it's gone it feels like it's gone backwards instead of forward yeah yeah and it's um, definitely something that USL does a lot better than MLS, which it is. is really which... annoying because they're under the same umbrella. Yeah, grand scheme. But if you think about it, I think it's partly because USL just kind of lets teams do whatever. And MLS And, should. like, suffer the consequences almost if, well... Sorry, I mean. Well, we're we're not we're not talking about the playing soccer games at LaSalle thing, but like, right, right. but but overall, the team should have more autonomy. Like, right. Literally, in like both if, the if you don't want to do a Pride Night, that's cool. Don't. I mean, in both the Whatever. NBA and WNBA, there's basically like s- social things built into contracts, like. The team's yeah. gonna donate to X charity and like stuff like that. Like you really yeah. should give teams this kind of autonomy, and it'll honestly make people picking what teams that they're gonna support a lot better oh, because you can yeah. literally find a team that stands for what you believe in. Like mm-hmm. in Europe, a lot of how soccer teams were formed in general is deeply rooted in politics and religious beliefs. Yeah. Well, and that's why St. Pauli has caught on so well in the last 10 years, or has gotten so much attention for a second division German side um, in the States, is because their whole attitude is just, uh, you can be anyone you want as long as you're not a Nazi. Yeah. Like, Which, like... that's... A pretty good attitude to have, and that's yeah, like, better than anything that's come out of Don Garber's mouth. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's I think that's the killer for most people this year. Was it's like soccer for everyone? Well, not just not not Don Garber not coming out against Nazis yeah. is like literal white supremacists. Li- like, yeah, really the worst thing that he could have ever physically done yeah yeah but um we'll see it'll be interesting to see next year if they learn anything from it or or whatever and and see how usl keeps improving or i don't know different initiatives and things like that or or if if because this year was the first year that i felt like there was like a ton of blowback on corporations trying to get the pink dollar um at least on as wide of a scale as it was. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if that's uh, tapers off at all, or if they still think that there's enough in just doing it to do it. You know. Yeah, I mean, this is but this has also been 
due to um, who's in office, one of the biggest years where you kind of feel like you have to stand up for what you believe in because yep. if you don't do it, no one's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or someone's going to try to take it from you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, Chuck, thank you for your time. Any final uh, words of wisdom or advice for the... Uh, well, here, let me let me change that. Uh, you get to be gay den mother to a lot of people, potentially. Uh, I mean, the big... The biggest thing is if you're... If you're ever, like, feeling like you're in doubt or in a dark place that you should find either like find someone that you're comfortable talking with because you're like your experience is much more valued than you may think it is at the time mm-hmm. fair enough guys that was a uh, that was chuck you can listen to us uh, when we have to talk to each other, like he said earlier, every week <laughs> on at VFTB pod. It's views from the bridge. Um, it might look a little different the next time you see it. Not when this episode comes out. That'd be a weird way to break that. But the next main show that we do together, you might see some changes. Uh, you can also find me over at Speak Evan Speak. Find Playing for Pride at Playing for Pride. Uh, go check those guys out. Uh, Austin Deleuze runs that whole damn thing by himself, which still blows my mind. Um, another example of, of USL being better at supporting gay people than MLS <laughs> is they just kind of let one of their midfielders on one of their teams organize a whole thing that raises like $25,000 or something every year, and it's amazing. Um, so yeah, definitely go check that out. Match a player that you like, match a player that you don't like. I don't know. Chris Wondolowski does it. You match him. Um... A lot of good talent to pick from, so go do that. Uh, other than that, we'll get out of here. And uh, like I said last time with Ebony, like uh, my idol, my hero, RuPaul Charles, once said, uh, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else?